Before Jamie comes to, to bring the word this morning, I just wanted to share something that God's been doing in me. And um, if you have been with us for the past 21 days, today's day 21 of our 21-day prayer challenge, you made it. Awesome job. And uh, I know that some of you have been fasting different things throughout the series, uh, whether it's fasting games on your iPhone or a Daniel fast or TV or whatever. Um, you made it. And, and hopefully through these 21 days, uh, you've allowed God to speak to you. You know, if, if all you're doing is not eating and you didn't substitute prayer or reading your Bible during those times, that's called a diet. It's not a fast. Um, so, again, um, let me just encourage you, if you've never done that before, if you've never fasted uh, for, for any period of time, um, think about finding something that you can say, God, I want to give this to you for this season and, and say, God, in place of that, you come and fill, you come and feed me, you come and give me what I need. Um, I, I know that for the past couple of weeks, we've been kind of excited about this thing in Fiji. And it was funny. I found out for, about a contest that I could win that TomTom, Tom, the GPS company, would send us to Fiji for two weeks, all expenses paid, this whole nine yards. And I was confident that we were a shoe-in to win. And, and I had everybody that I could think of on Facebook telling TomTom Tom to send us to Fiji and all this kind of stuff. And they made the announcement on Friday, and they picked some guy from France. But you know what? One of my coworkers, who is not a believer, who I've been witnessing to for a year and a half, came up to me on Monday, and he said, they're going to announce it this week, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, you know, you're always talking about dreaming big and asking God for bold things. He goes, so you know what? I asked God, if you want me to believe in you, I want you to send Rob to Fiji. No, no, no. It's good. Think about this. I didn't get picked. Tom Tom isn't going to pay for me to go to Fiji. Does not mean I'm not going to Fiji. And the bigger miracle than Tom Tom paying for my family to go to, to Fiji is my coworker prayed. He prayed. And so, you know, this morning the message is, is called Think Long. We've been in this series, uh, The Circle Maker, and basing it all off of the, the, the book, The Circle Maker, and not just off the book, but out of God's word, uh, of, of what does prayer really mean? What does it mean to pray? And so we've been circling things. We've been drawing circles around them and saying, God, we need you to move in this area of our lives. And so we talked about dreaming big, and we talked about praying hard last week. This morning, Jamie's talking about thinking long. And for me now, God has firmly stamped Fiji and my reticular activating system in my brain that my wife actually was in tops and saw that there's a you can buy Fiji water there's there's bottled water from Fiji it's the purest water on the planet and and we are going to take for us as a family we're all buying bottles of Fiji water and it's going to become our Fiji fund and we're thinking long because I don't think that this it was an accident that, that God dropped this contest into our hearts and, and we're praying for the nation of Fiji. We're praying for the churches there, for the pastors there, for, for that nation to be not just 40% Christian, but to be 100% Christian. That every single person on the islands of Fiji would know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So we're going to start thinking long for us. And I thought that that was kind of an appropriate lead-in to Jamie's message this morning. So uh, if you would warmly welcome Jamie to the pulpit. Thank you. You can clap. Yeah. 
Well, that was very unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we love them, though. <clears throat> so I've been thinking a little bit, if you've been paying attention to, uh, to local uh, events, the camera's rolling, right? I was thinking about a fundraiser. If you guys could just start insulting me and badgering me while I stand here, I figure we might be able to really raise some good funds. Uh, the last I saw, they've, they've raised what's about $700,000 for this woman. All right. the, goal was, the goal was to raise $5,000 to send her on vacation. What they've done is set her up for the rest of her life uh, for retirement. Um, so, wow. Yeah, you, you better believe God intends all things to work together for our good. It is true. Um, <clears throat> I need to, I'm going to be doing a, a couple of strange things this morning myself. Um, confession is good for the soul. I, I, if you have not read the book, The Circle Maker, if you grabbed a copy and took it home and said, <clears throat> another book from LifeQuest, um, and put it on your bookshelf, um, and that's, that's great, you can do that. But I want to tell you something. This book is changing my life. Um, it is, I, I, I'm reading it last night, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, this thing is killing me. And I meant it in a good way. This book is just destroying me. And, and, and what I meant by that is God is using this book to challenge me, to stir things up in me that, that probably should have been stirred up a long time ago. All right. Um, in, my, in my current profession... Um, there are there are realtors out there that have been doing this for a long time, 30, 40 years. And I've actually been able to pick up business because people don't want to deal with those people because they just kind of kick back and let the real estate happen. They don't work for it. And as a Christian, I'm guilty of this. Uh, well, God has been challenging me. And I, I shared a little bit two weeks ago. I've been in the be a Christian business for 35 years, and I'm kicking back sometimes and just letting things ride. And, and God's saying, you can't do that. It's not effective. It doesn't work. And, uh, you know, and, and prayer is one of those things. I'm, I'm very guilty of the grenade prayer <clears throat> where I see a need, I hear about something, and, and I'll be diligent to pray about it, but it's more like on the go, pull the pen, throw the prayer, and keep going. And one of the things that the Lord's been challenging me uh, with in this book is that's, that's okay, but that's not how prayer works. If you want to see God begin to move, if you want to see the miraculous take place, and I do, it can't be just throwing a grenade. It's got to be a, a methodical, steady pursuit. And I'm going to talk a little bit this morning. Th- th- this whole idea of dreaming big, that's what I talked about two weeks ago. And, and the Lord was getting me excited about that. I'm still excited about it. I, I'm thrilled watching and seeing on Facebook uh, those of you that have been drawing circles and writing things in them and, and, and just believing God to do things. But we can't just stop there at the believing. And I think as Christians, we're pretty good at that believing part because we have faith. But again and again and again throughout the book, he says, you need to work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. And so many times... I, there, there are people that are guilty of working so that it depends on them and forgetting about the faith portion. But I think there's just as many people guilty of just kicking back and going, Lord, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. But they're not doing anything about it. I, I've shared the analogy before, and I'm sure you've heard it, about the, the, the guy that's caught in the floodwaters 
You familiar with the story? All right, the, the waters are rising. Probably shouldn't. Should, you probably already heard it, but I'll tell it anyways because it makes a good point. The flood waters are rising, and he and he's sitting there in his house, and, and the water's getting up to about his steps, and he and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to get out of here. I'm just going to trust the Lord to save me. He's, he wants to really exercise his faith, and the and the flood waters keep rising, and 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 pretty soon the rescue workers can't get to him anymore. But but a boat shows up, and says, hey buddy, you know your house is going to get washed. He says, no, I'm trusting the Lord. He's going to come through for me. And the floodwaters keep rising. He has, he's, he's sitting on his roof. And a helicopter comes by. He's like, let's get out of it. No, I'm trusting the Lord. And the guy drowns. He dies. And he's standing before the Lord. And he's like, God, I was trusting in you. I, they came and I said, no, God's going to set me free. And No. I, and he goes, Lord, what happened? He goes, well, I sent the rescue workers. I sent you a boat and I sent you a helicopter. You know, and, and, and so many times... We don't do our part to see the miracle take place. And this, this thinking long, when I first was looking at the, you know, the, the, the advertisements for the circle maker, I'm going, okay, I understand dream big. I understand pray hard. What does think long mean? I don't, I don't understand think long. Am I, am I thinking about a hot dog and it's not just a regular hot dog, it's a foot long? I'm thinking long? That, that's not the concept. The concept is, we need to look beyond the here and now. When we look to see what God wants to do in our lives, we need to look beyond the now and into the future, long beyond today. That's what thinking long is all about. And I am guilty of not praying that way. I, don't, I am not good at prayer. Um, and, and you know what? A couple years ago, I kind of created a cop-out. I said, you know what? I just don't have the gift of intercession. That's my problem. And, and there are people that are gifted. And I do believe that there's a gift of intercession, okay? Um, but you know what? Pastor Rob and I have a gift to preach. But does that mean that only Pastor Rob and I can tell people the gospel? No, we're all responsible before the Lord to, to share the gospel. There were there some very gifted people up here this morning leading worship. Does that mean that they're the only ones that have the ability to sing? No, we all can sing. All right, now, so that cop-out, that idea that, well, I don't have the gift of intercession, so what? I can still pray. And we can all still pray. And we can pray the way that God has called us to pray and in, a, in a manner. And, and so one of the things that I want to share this morning, and it's a little bit, well, it's all kind of together, but I want to talk about how do you pray? Because I, I'd like to give us some practical stuff to walk away with today. It's helpful to me. So I, I'm believing that it's going to be helpful to you. <clears throat> I'll give you an example of, of an idea of thinking ahead, thinking long, thinking beyond. Um, one of the stories in the book that he shares is there is an island. Uh, it, it belongs to the country of Sweden. And there are oak trees growing on this island, which is very odd. It puzzles the, 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 the people because they're not indigenous to the island. There shouldn't be oak trees growing there, but it's a, the whole island is a giant forest of oak trees. Nobody ever knew why. And in 1980, 88? No, no, no. In, in 1980, the Navy gets a letter from the Forest Department saying that your order is ready. And they're like, our order for what? 
And they went back in history and discovered 150 years before the Swedish parliament said, you know what, we're running out, we're going to run out at the turn of the century of oak, and that's what we need to make our, our navy vessels. Our ships are made of oak. We're not going to have any. And they commissioned the forestry department to plant 150 acres of oak trees on this island. And in 1980, the order was due. Nobody even knew. But there was forward thinking. These people said, hey, we're going to have a need in 150 years. We better get hopping on this. I don't know how they paid for it, but uh, it's, a, it's a big order. So an island of, of oak trees, that's thinking long. That's thinking far ahead. I'm not good at that. I need God's help for that. This book has challenged me to begin to, to, to set goals for myself, for my family. We've never done that before. In fact, I used to make fun of people that did that. I don't know. I just thought it was silly. But now God is, is changing my thinking, and I'm excited about it. Because without goal, goals are like vision. And what does the scripture say? If you don't have vision, you perish. Well, that means that the opposite is true. If you do have vision, then you'll prosper. If you do have dreams, God will use it to take you to great places. If you don't have vision, all of the vision that you don't have won't happen. Right? Uh, Zig Ziglar says that if you believe that you can, or if you believe that you can't, you're right. Did you catch that? All right. God has called us to dream big, to pray hard, and to think long. And I love what Pastor Rob shared because when he when God first planted this in his heart, he's up here getting all excited about God sending them to Fiji. And he thought remember remember when I was sharing two weeks ago? How far are God's ways from our ways? As far as the east is from the west. And we're not talking around the planet, we're talking straight lines. They are infinitely bigger than our way of thinking about things. God used a contest to plant a seed in Pastor Rob's heart. And I know that there was some people in here like, oh, this is name it and claim it stuff. No. God used a contest to plant a seed in Pastor Rob's heart. He has a burden for the nation of Fiji that he never had before, and he thought it was going to be because of a vacation. And it's not. God wants to do that in us. See how God can take vision for something? He can take a dream that he might give us and then he can work all things together for our good? I mean, yeah. In, in Pastor Rob's heart and in his mind, a vacation would have been an awesome thing. And the cash that came along, it would have been an awesome thing. God will use all sorts of things. I told you I was believing for a really big sale. It may or may not happen that way. God might be putting that desire in my heart to, to do something completely different, and that's great. I'm completely open to that. If you've got your Bible with you, I want to I take a look at some text this morning. This is a fascinating uh, piece of, of Scripture, and it uh, gives us a little bit of a look into the concept of prayer and why the grenade prayers just aren't effective just aren't a good idea. All right? 
In the book of Daniel, chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 12 and 13. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of background. Daniel is praying. He is seeking the Lord about some, some, some different things, some different problems that are going on in the, in the kingdom. And, and he begins to pray and pray and pray, and he's not seeing any response. And then finally, after 21 days of focused, continual prayer, again, there's that 21 days, not quite sure why God uses things like that. Have you noticed the recurrence of certain numbers in Scripture? 7, 12, 3, 7, 12, 20, 21, 120, 400 are, are very recurring numbers. 70 is another recurring number in Scripture. Um, for whatever reason, God likes to, uh, to be consistent with certain, certain things, certain numbers. And they all have meanings. So finally, the response to his prayer comes to him, and the Lord opens up his eyes and allows him to see. Now, the Scripture is pretty clear. We're not fighting against the things that we do see. We're fighting against what? The things that we cannot see. The principalities and the powers. The Bible says that you know, when you're having conflict with your wife, you're not really having conflict with your wife, that, that the enemy is trying to do something to mess up your marriage. It's the things that we don't see that are the real enemy. And our mistake many times is that we start taking it out on the person in front of us rather than taking it out on the enemy. All right. So remember that next time your children are driving you crazy or your neighbor is making you angry. Or, I'm preaching to myself, by the way, right now, okay? I'm preaching to myself this whole, this whole sermon. Sometimes Rob and I share out of, out of our strength. Today I am sharing out of my weakness. This is, this, is, uh, this is something that I struggle with, and God is just, just challenging my socks off. See, that's why I'm not wearing any today. Um, it, it, it is, is in this area, okay? So he's, he's praying, and God allows him to see into the spirit world, and his, his guardian angel, or an angel that's assigned to him in some way, comes to, before him and begins to communicate to him. And he says, don't be afraid, Daniel. And you notice that every time an angel appears in Scripture, they tell you, don't be afraid. I'm imagining that the day that you see an angel could be scary. Just guessing. But I'm guessing that a supernatural being that reveals itself to you might be scary. Um, and especially not knowing if, if it's an angel or if this is Jesus himself, and he, you should be shaking. All right? But the first thing they always say is, don't be afraid. I'm not going to kill you. I'm here to share something with you. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Well, that's kind of neat. So I've been praying for 21 days, but day one, my prayer got through to God. That's exciting. I have come to respond to those prayers. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know who or what. I'm, I'm imagining that the prince was not a physical thing. It was a spiritual thing. There was a demonic force over the kingdom of Persia. And this angel, assigned by God, had to go and deal with something. And he was delayed in responding to Daniel's prayer because he had to go over here and take care of something. He was detained. 
Then Michael, I, I'm assuming the archangel, couldn't, didn't necessarily mean, I'm sure there's more than one Michael the angel, I don't know. One of the chief princes came to me because I was detained there with the king of Persia, and now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come, and he begins to, to reveal to him the prophetic things that God was showing him and, and to explain them. What would have happened to Daniel if he stopped praying on day 20? If he had said, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. God's obviously not going to answer this prayer. I guess the answer is no. I, I am embarrassed to tell you, I don't know if I have ever in my life prayed for something 21 days straight consistently day after day in my life. There are things in my life that I have prayed consistently for over the course of my life, but not with that kind of consistency. And we see things like that throughout the Scriptures. What if the children of Israel, after six days of marching around Jericho, said, this is ridiculous, we look like a bunch of fools out here they would have never gotten the miracle of those walls coming down on day 7. On the seventh day, they marched around Jericho seven times. What if after six times, they were like, this is just ridiculous. We're done. They would have never gotten the miracle. Praying and praying long and praying through means you just keep going. You just keep going. You just keep going until you get the answer from God. And until you're confident that you've got the answer from God. Not just, well, I'm discouraged. I guess the answer is no. No. Until you know for sure that God said to you the answer is no, you keep praying. I need to keep praying. God's called us to keep praying. Do you remember that scripture in the New Testament where Jesus says, Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. Ask, it will be given unto you. The verb tense there is not just, oh, nobody's home. It means, you keep knocking until someone answers the door. It is ask and keep on asking. It's seek and keep on seeking. It's Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened unto you. Maybe part of this is just living in American society. Our instant We want instant gratification. Nobody cooks dinner anymore. They, they just zap something in the microwave, or they go to the fast food. Or, you know, it, it, we, just, we want instant, instant, instant. We were watching a, we were watching a show on... on um, Netflix the other day, and I was like, yeah, no commercials. I don't want to wait for a commercial. You know, you ever, you ever get to a traffic light, and you're sitting there, and it's, it's longer than 10 seconds, and you're just like, what is wrong with this train? It must be broken. We don't like to wait. I, I, for me, that's probably, I think that's part of the reason it's tough for me to pray. I want the kind of miracle where you, you lay hands on somebody, and they're healed right then and there. That's exciting to me. But you know what? Most miracles don't happen that way. 
the angel in this story of Daniel reveals the importance of praying through something. It's not just a quick, Jesus heal so-and-so and move on. And sometimes that's all we have time for at the time, and I'm not saying that's bad to pray that way. But if that's all we ever do, I believe now, and I think this is kind of a new revelation for me, do you know that how your salvation is, is, a, is a journey? The scripture compares it to a journey. We, we talk about our walk with God. Okay? That journey began when? The, the moment that you accepted Christ into your life, or really more honestly, the moment Christ allowed you to accept him, he did. But that begins our walk with the Lord. When does our walk with the Lord end? When is our walk with the Lord fulfilled? The day we die, right? It's a process, and, and we are growing constantly. Paul says something very interesting. He says, and he says that, um, I mean, paraphrased basically, that my, relate, my, my walk with God, is my understanding with God, my knowledge of God is greater now than the day I first began it. He's talking about that journey. that walk. Prayer is very similar to that. Prayer should begin the day we say, Jesus, I bring before you this need, this want, this desire, this emergency situation. That's where prayer begins. And, and far too many times for us, it begins and ends right there. And that's not the way that God looks at prayer. That's where prayer begins, and then we continue to bring those things before the Lord day after day after day, maybe hour after hour until there's a response, until that journey ends. Um, the, the book talks about it being the genesis of our prayer through the revelation of our prayer. I like that. Genesis meaning beginning, right? Revelation meaning somewhat meaning the end, but meaning that that is revealed. That we will continue to pray from the day we find out the need until the day it is revealed what the answer is to be. I'm not good at this. I want to become good at this. God is challenging me in this. Is anybody else relating? Is this, am I just preaching to me today? All right. Now, what are some things that can help us? I, I need help. All right, I need um, some aids when it comes to prayer. All right, and these are not these are not magic potions. These are not magic words. Is it? But but there are certain things throughout the scripture that are pretty plain. And and you know if you talk to somebody that's good at something and you want to become good at something, you ask them for help. Hey, what do you do? I see that you're good with your finances. We're in debt up to our ears. Could you give me a couple of pointers? All right, so I want to share some pointers. Now, again, these are pointers that I got from the book and from other people. They're things that I need to implement in my own life. But I'm hoping that they'll be useful for you this morning. Is, if you're having a conversation with somebody, all right, they say that 
your words are a good percentage of that conversation, but what is the other part of the conversation? What is it? Your action, your posture, the way that your body language is. We, get in a lot of, we can get in a lot of trouble if all our communication is through text messaging or emailing because there's no tone, there's no body language. You could be joking with somebody and they could think you're completely serious and you destroy your relationship because everything's typed out. We communicate so much with our body language, with the way that we posture ourselves. And it seems that posture is pretty important when it comes to prayer. Now, when I say that, you might think, oh, yeah, I can think. Think of some different ways that you can think of through the scriptures, postures that people would take as they're praying. I think some are pretty common. Some might not be so common. Anybody? An idea? Kneeling. I would say that's probably the number one most uh, recognized, or Tebowing maybe is, is more the modern, uh, um, but that's a form of kneeling. But kneeling is, is, a, is a way that we can show respect to God, a way that we can get ourselves kind of in tune in a posture of being serious and, and spending time communing with God. Is it okay to, is it okay to pray in the shower? Is God going to hear you if you pray in the shower? Absolutely. Do you need to be kneeling in the shower? What's that? It's hard to breathe. That way, right? No, of course not. Well, well, I like to pray on the way to work in the car. Please don't try kneeling in the car while you're driving. Oh, or closing your eyes. Okay, but that would be another posture, wouldn't it? To close your eyes when you pray. To allow yourself to have... I mean, it's the enemy wants to distract us when we're praying. I don't know about you, but... Everything that I haven't thought about in a couple of hours comes flooding into my mind the moment I start trying to pray. All right? Because the enemy doesn't want us praying. For whatever reason, and this is the part that blows my mind, God doesn't need us. God is God. But he has decided that he is going to partner with us to accomplish his purpose in the earth. That he is going to use our prayers to do what he wants to do. Wow, no pressure, right? I mean, that, that just seems like silliness. We're so, we're so foolish. We're so selfish. God, why would you do such a thing? Yet, that's his plan. We need to step it up. How about another posture? In the scripture, you see people praying. What else do they do? What's that? Bowing your head. Showing reverence. Pastor Rob said another one. Anybody else? Raising your hands. Okay, you ever, you know, we do that in this church. Maybe you're not familiar with that. Maybe you think it's a little strange. Why do people do this? Why do they, you look around the room and people are like airing out their armpits? What is? Why are they doing that? What is that? Sometimes it's for praise. Sometimes it's for what? A need. Jesus, I, right? Do you have little kids? Andy, does your son ever come up to you and put his arms up? What, what, is, what, is, what, what does that do to you? Makes you want to pick him up. What do you think God, our Father, does when we raise our hands? Like, it makes him want to reach and draw us close to him. It's a posture. It's not a weirdness. We don't think it's weird when we see a little two-year-old, a one-year-old walk up and put their arms up. It doesn't matter if you're their parent or not. If a little kid comes up to you and goes like this, you're like, oh, sure, hey, come here. It, it's just... That's the Father's heart. It's a posture. It's a, so when you're praying and you're, and you're 
wanting to draw close to the Lord, just try it. Jesus, lift me up. Draw me close to you. Any others? A place. Does anybody have a place that they like to go to pray? Pastor Mark in the book talks about his favorite place to pray, that, it, that there's um, the, the roof of this building that their church owns. And it, for whatever reason, that's his holy place. That when he goes there, he's able to commune with God like he is in no other place. And, and there's examples in scriptures where people would go to a place. Yeah, absolutely. On your face. Many times in Scripture it shows, talks about people laying flat on the ground, face down, laying prostrate before the Lord. Any others? So being together with someone, praying together, wherever there's two or more gathered in my name, the Lord says that he will be there. There's an example in the scriptures where people would pray directionally. I think it would be good for you to find out what direction Fiji is in and pray in that direction. I'm serious. For whatever. (laughs) All right. But there is many examples in the scriptures where people, God would give them a vision. Daniel would open his window and pray toward Jerusalem. And, and, And... Pastor Mark makes the argument that that was his way of circling his dream. That he knew Jerusalem was right that direction. And that's what he... And you know what? Daniel thought long. The vision that God gave him was for a restored Jerusalem. It never happened in Daniel's lifetime. It took 70 years for that dream, that vision, that prayer to come to pass. And Daniel continued to pray before the Lord three times a day, praying for that. He never gave up. He had long-term vision in mind. And listen, there's going to be things that, that are happening next week that we're praying for. And when next week comes, you got your answer. It either happened or didn't happen, or you've got a testimony to share. But there's some things that we pray for. The salvation of our children. The salvation of our grandchildren. A lost child that's just going the wrong direction. A lost spouse. Things that we pray for for years and years and years. We have friends that, that prayed for a, a, an unsaved spouse for 20 years until the Lord saved that spouse. I have a friend that's been praying for her spouse for 20 years and her spouse is not saved. Should she stop praying? No. We pray through. We have long-term vision. And sometimes it's not fun. I don't like to use political examples, but if you, maybe this isn't even a good example, if you're a diehard Republican and you really don't like Mitt Romney, are you going to vote for President Obama? <laughs> I'm not trying to make a political statement, but I'm saying if you're a diehard Republican, is there any way in your, in your right mind that you would vote for President Obama? No, you wouldn't. You would vote for 
you would vote for Romney, regardless if you like them or not, because you're a diehard Republican. And the same is true on the other side. If you're a diehard Democrat, is there any way you'd be voting for, for Mitt Romney? There isn't, because you're a diehard Democrat. If there's not an answer to your prayer, you, you need to be just like that. If it's not an option to not vote, you've got to just, okay, I'm going to keep going. I don't like the result that I have, but I'm going to vote. I don't like that I'm not getting an answer to prayer, but stopping praying is not an option. You keep praying. You keep praying. And when you don't get an answer, you keep praying. That's what I'm not good at. I've been discouraged in my life with some prayers that I hadn't seen God respond to, and I think I just thought, well, I guess it just didn't work for me that time. It's not what God's calling us to. Daniel got on his knees. He prayed every day. He prayed directionally. He prayed routinely. One of the other things that they were challenged to in this book, and, and I don't know when people do their devotion times, but he talks about a study. What, what is the one thing Pastor Rob challenges us with every week? Be careful. Be careful. And be careful what you talk about. They did this study where, he's, and he's talking about priming, how important it is to prime things. They did a study where they brought grad students in and and for five minutes, they had them read through these sentences that were loaded with negative and rude comments. And they brought another group in, and they had them read through these sentences for five minutes that were loaded with positive and, uh, and, and good comments. And then they let these students go out, and they needed to go and find the professor, and they needed to talk to him about the next phase of the testing. They thought it was an intelligence test. And what they did was they staged uh, an actor who began to have, was in the middle of a conversation with the professor. 83% of the rude ones interrupted within five minutes. 83% of the kind ones never interrupted at all. They stayed and patiently waited for, up, for 10 minutes. They, would, they didn't let it go longer than 10 minutes. And the whole point of that was, Listen, whatever you're primed with is going to set you up. His encouragement for us is start your day. Prime your day with God. Prime your day with time in the Word. Prime your day with, with, with praying because it sets us up for the rest of the day. If, if your day is primed with waking up late and rushing out the door, guess what the rest of your day is going to be like? He talks about the nightingale versus the owl. All right, I'm an owl. And, and so was Pastor Mark. And he said, the Lord had to convert him to a nightingale. Is it a nightingale? No, not a nightingale. A lark. A lark, thank you. I, I, I need to pray that the Lord would convert me to the lark. Um, because it's hard to wake up. I, I like to stay up late. I just do. Mm. 
It's good. So, what is God calling us to? He's calling us to dream big. Keep circling things. It's not name it and claim it. As long as our heart is right, as long as our posture is correct, God's going to use that. He'll, if, it's, if it's for something and, and, and it's a wrong motivation and your heart is right, He's going to take that and turn it to the right direction. Just keep praying. Don't stop. We need to circle the cancer. We need to circle our children. We need to circle the dreams. But we can't stop after we've circled them. Then we have to take them to prayer. <clears throat> Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep circling. We may have to circle for 70 years. I hope not to. Singing. It struck me as we're, I didn't even have it in my notes. As we're worshiping this morning, I'm like, these are all prayers put to music. I love to sing. Let's just start taking some of these worship songs and using them and say, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. That's what the scripture says. Take some of these songs. Allow them to stir in our hearts. And don't just let them be words that you're repeating, but let them be a confession. When we sing that song, you make all things work together for my good, let it be a prayer. Let it be a declaration. Jesus, I'm believing you that all these things that are going on in my life, no matter if they're difficult or easy or, or terrible, that you're using them to work together for my good. I love that song. I think it's one of my favorites right now. The Quakers had a, had a method of prayer, and I think I'm probably going to close with it tonight, this morning. But they would start, in a, talking about posture, they would start with their hands facing down, letting go of the things that they shouldn't be holding on to, releasing the, the bad stuff, all right? confessing their sins, rebuking their fears, relinquishing control. And once they had done that, then they would change their posture. And then they would continue to pray, and then they would be in the receiving mode. See, once you get rid of the junk you're holding on to, you've got room in your hands to hold the good stuff. So they would get rid of the junk they're holding on to. It was symbolic, of course. And then they would turn their hands over and be in a posture of reception of being able to receive what God wanted to give them, joy unspeakable, peace that passes understanding, unmerited grace, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. I like that. More stuff to share than there is time. I'm going to do a Daniel fast. And I would invite people here to join us, to join and do it together. I would like to 
create a really nice prayer list of things for anybody that wants to. If, if people could could email them to Pastor Rob next Monday, and and just start making a list for people for us to prayer through. Here's the church prayer list of things that people are seeking God for. What are you What are you circling? Somebody. Remember we talked about being bold, not being afraid to circle things for God? Somebody put it on their windshield and sent it to us. Like, I'm not being afraid, Pastor. It's on my windshield. I don't care who sees it. Although it was on the outside, so it washed off. But fasting is another posture. Pastor Mark says fasting, conjunction with prayer, is like, have you ever been at the airport and you get on the moving, the, 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 the conveyor belt that's moving along? He said, that's what does fasting with prayer is like walking and getting on that belt. You start really walking fast. He says, when you put them together, that's what it's like. I like, I like that idea. That's kind of cool. We need a paradigm shift. I need a paradigm shift. I want, and I look forward to those quick, easy prayers that get answered and create miracles, but Pastor Mark's whole point is the easy stuff is not the stuff that's, that's worthwhile in life. It's the stuff that we work hard for that we appreciate the most. He says, what promises or miracles or dreams are we willing to pray for as long as it takes? After all, some dreams should be so big they take a lifetime to fulfill I don't know all where God wants to take us with this, but I'm confident that he has been challenging us over these last four weeks to take us to a new place. My, I told you before, my faith has been challenged in these last four weeks like never before. I actually read a whole book cover to cover. <laughs> there has been a very long time Hallelujah. since that has happened. And, and it has so challenged me that my intent is to go back and read it again. If you have not read it, please consider reading it. If you don't have a copy, do we have any more? Our gift to you, if you would like a copy, we will give you a copy. Um, this, is, this has been the most impactful book for me as an, I'm sorry, as an individual uh, in my lifetime. Of course. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have challenged us to dream big dreams, to have vision for our lives. Lord, to go and to present ourselves before you. And Lord, whether our intentions at the beginning are are right or not, we know that if we come before you with a right heart, you will turn our hearts in the right direction. You will set our feet and move us forward to accomplish your plan and your purpose in this world. God, I ask that you would challenge us in the areas of dreaming big, of praying hard, of not giving up, and thinking far into the future, beyond next week or next month or next year. Lord, that we would begin to to be faith-filled people. 
It's, it's the same thing. The faith that you give us to, to believe, to, to heal a hangnail, it's the same thing to you as to heal cancer. It doesn't take any different. Your word is all it takes. There's no big miracles. There's no small miracles for you. It's all the same. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be diligent to pray. Lord, help me to be diligent to pray, to be consistent, to be persistent. Lord, I'm believing that you're going to do some miraculous things in our midst. I'm excited about it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, the, one of the stories that, that Mark uses in the book, that Tony comes across a, a guy who is planting carob trees. And I, I didn't know anything about carob trees other than 